Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Pittsburgh is Troy Fine. Troy is Senior Manager, Cybersecurity Risk Management and Compliance at Drata. And today we're going to be talking about data security and specifically data security audits. First, Troy, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks, Adam. Glad to have you. So these days, data security is much more uh, of a communal affair, uh, which I think is interesting evolution, you know, given how intertwined companies and their systems are. And that's leading to more organizations needing to have their systems certified and audited. Um, can you start by giving us an overview of what are the more common auditing standards out there for data security? Yeah, definitely. I'll stick to the ones that are most popular instead of boring you with, with all of them that I know. But the most popular are the ones that come up the most, I would say, uh, in the recent you know, last five years is definitely SOC 2. Uh, that'd be number one, uh, especially for startups uh, and, and technology companies in the U.S., right? It's a, it's a U.S.-based uh, standard developed by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants. And it's an audit performed by a CPA firm on the internal controls relating to security at a, at a company. Uh, so it's a very popular one that people use. Uh, another one is ISO 27001. That's more of an uh, EU standard. So it was developed uh, by, by ISO, which is an organization in the, in the European Union. And it is a certification on the information security management system of an organization. Um, so it's not necessarily focused on controls. It's much more on how do you manage your risk? How do you identify security risk? How do you remediate security risk? Um, and then what controls do you have implemented to, to mitigate that risk? So it's, it's a real focus on, on the governance aspect of information security. Uh, another popular one is HIPAA. Uh, that is uh, a law in the U.S for any organizations that uh, have possession of protected health information. So PHI, uh, people might have heard of. And if you have that, you have to follow uh, and be in compliance with, with the, the law, HIPAA. Uh, another popular one is PCI, Payment Card Industry uh, Certification, and that is cardholder data, right? So if you collect credit card information, accept payments with credit cards, debit cards, any type of cardholder data, you have to be in compliance with PCI uh, and meet those requirements. And then the last one I think is uh, kind of gaining some momentum uh, a lot is the privacy regulations. I kind of grouped them all together, but privacy, GDPR, CCPA in California, uh, those are all gaining a lot of momentum, right? Privacy is becoming a, a, a huge issue uh, in general, as we see every, every country, every state, they're all coming out with their own privacy laws. So. I kind of grouped them all into one because there's so many of them, but the most popular ones for privacy right now are GDPR in the EU and California's uh, CCPA law. And we certainly hear a lot about both. Now, uh, these standards um, require audits. Uh, how should the compliance team prepare for an audit? Yeah, so the first thing, and kind of, I think, might be obvious, but it, it's understand the requirements, right? I think you can't prepare unless you know what you have to do, right? So I think a lot of people, um, they want to just get going, but they don't take the time to really understand 
what do I have to do for SOC 2 versus what do I have to do for ISO 27001? Uh, you know, there's a lot of overlap for sure, but there are definitely unique requirements for each. So number one is, is understanding the requirements and then kind of understanding when you need to be, uh, when you need to have a report in your hand or when you need to be certified uh, to ISO 27001. So you kind of understand the requirements, get your final date, and then you have to kind of work backwards and come up with like a, a plan of action or project plan, right? How am I going to get to that date? What do I have to do? Who do I need to talk to? Uh, how much time is it going to take for us to implement these requirements? Uh, how much is it going to cost to implement these requirements? How much is it going to cost to find an auditor? Uh, how much is uh, for an audit? How much is it going to cost to get an audit? Um, am I going to have to hire additional people um, to, to help us do this? Um, and, and a lot of it, too, can be driven by your customers, right? So customers drive when you might need an auto report in their hand. Um, so if your customer says, I need one yesterday, well, obviously that's, that's going yeah, to put a different timetable. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shift the timetable and put a lot of urgency in the business, right? Leadership is going to want that yesterday. So I think it's understanding requirements of the, app, uh, of the certification or the report that you need understanding when you need to get it done and then working backwards to understand what's the budget I need, how many people will I need to do it uh, and how much time do I think I'll need to, to fulfill those requirements. Now you talked about hiring, you know, an, an auditor to do the audit. Is that something that comes once you have everything in place or is it something that it's better to do earlier and make them a part of the process? I mean, how early should a compliance team get an auditor involved? I think it depends, right? It depends on what you're going for. Um, there are certain rules uh, with some of the standards and some of the audits that you have to get done where the auditor is not allowed uh, to play as big of a role in helping you prepare for that audit, right? It'd be a, it'd be a conflict of in interest or an independence issue, right? If you help a company prepare and then audit them, right? So some standards are a lot more strict than others. Um, when it comes to the SOC 2 attestation, uh, there, it's a little bit more lenient, right? Because it's not a certification per se, like ISO 27001, there, there's a little bit of gray area in that where, where auditors can actually help you prepare early on, can help advise you a little bit. Um, there still are conflict of interest rules and independence rules they have to follow. They can't consult and, and write your policies for you and implement your controls and do all that but they can definitely give you advice early on and help you prepare. Right, if you go to ISO 27001, those auditors have very strict rules. If they are going to be their external auditor certifying you, they can't provide any advice. They can't do anything. They can't even say we recommend you do X. They're not even allowed to say that technically. Uh, so it definitely depends on the standard. But if you're doing SOC 2, I recommend finding the right audit firm that, that understands this and will help you prepare. Um, but again, it, it kind of depends on the, on the standard, but if you can involve an auditor early, I would definitely do that as soon as you can. Huh. Now, when, when looking to hire an auditor, what should teams be keeping an eye out for? I mean, what makes for the right auditor? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I think you have to be careful with, uh, you know, wanting to pay 
if you're focusing on price, I guess, right? If, if that's your number one, you know, as an early startup, early company price, you're going to be very price conscious, right? So if, if you want to go for an audit that uh, saves you the most money, then you're probably not going to get that assistance and that ad advisory that you might like, you know, early on before you start the audit, right? They, they have to cut their expenses. Uh, they have to, to, to be profitable still at that price. So it is going to cost a little bit more uh, if you do want to find the right auditor to help you. Um, in my opinion, if, if I was, you know, well, I have experience auditing, so I might not need an auditor to help. But if I was somebody that had never done this before, I, you know, had no idea what, you know, I, I'm just a, I'm not even a security person in a company. I, I need to get an audit done for, for a, an enterprise customer. I would want an auditor to help me, right? So the first thing I would look for is how, how do you help us? Are you going to advise us early on? Are you going to help us, uh, you know, design our controls without, you know, crossing again that, that conflict of interest? Are you going to do a readiness for us? A lot of firms in the SOC 2 space will, will do a readiness for there, come do like a mock audit, right, uh, and identify gaps for you. Uh, but again, that's going to cost more money. And then the second thing I think we look for is, they have to understand uh, technology, your tech stack, uh, and security, right? So I'm going to go back to SOC 2, but SOC 2 is being done by CPA firms, right? The, mm -hmm. Technically speaking, any CPA firm that is registered with the AICPA can perform a SOC 2 audit. Well, when most of us think of CPA firms, we think of taxes, right, or financial audit. Uh, so you have to be careful with that, right? Not every firm is set up to do SOC 2, and not every firm is set up to understand the cloud, cloud security, Amazon Web Services, Azure, uh, GCP, whatever cloud service provider you're using, they might not understand that tech stack. So it's really important to find an auditor that understands your tech stack and can take the requirements and kind of interpret them for your specific use case. If they can't do that and they're just kind of like a rope, they're kind of robotic and they're just like, this is what this says, I'm going to do this here. It's going to be hard uh, to find that middle ground and they're going to make you do things that you might not not actually need to do in order to meet the requirements because they might not understand how your tech stack works to be able to meet the requirements. So that that's number one is really find the right firm that, that can understand technology, understand security, and interpret those rules to meet your needs. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, you made a good case for not just going with whichever option is the least expensive. Now, during an audit, obviously the audit has to be independent, but there will be times when the auditor may ask for clarification or something else. So during the audit process, how can the compliance team best help the auditors? Yeah, uh, that that's really an important question that compliance teams should be asking themselves. And number one, I think it's getting leadership buy-in to the whole process, right? Le leadership, in my opinion, if, is the most important aspect of a, of a successful audit or compliance program. If leadership doesn't provide the budget, the resources, the time for a successful compliance program, then the compliance team is just going to be working, you know, as quickly as possible to get what they need done. When they go to the business to try to get evidence to support the audit, the business isn't going to support them. 
because leadership isn't actually taking this seriously and providing and showing the rest of the company how important it is. So the compliance really needs to get leadership on board. They need to present what they're doing early on, show them why they're doing it, how they're going to do it, when they're going to do it, what they need to do it, and they need to get that buy-in. The second thing is when they, before the audit starts, auditors tend to send you a lot of information that you need to provide them, right? So being prepared and getting that evidence on time, getting it early, making the people available to the auditors um, that need to be available during the, the, during the audit weeks is very important. Um, it's also important if something changes that, that the compliance team lets the auditors know. You never want an auditor to come in and be surprised. Oh yeah, we added this new system, you know, two months ago. Uh, does that have to be included in the scope of the audit? You don't want to tell them on day one of your audit that there's all of a sudden mm -hmm. this new system, right? Uh, so it's very important to, to tell them changes early on. And then the last thing I would say, it's it's being transparent, right? I think a lot of people are, I don't want to say afraid of auditors, but the, they say auditors, people think auditors are out to get them. And and a lot of times auditors are not out to get them. They just have to do their job and they have to meet certain requirements. Um, so it's better to be transparent with them and kind of almost telling them sometimes if you know your gaps, you might as well be upfront with them so that they can work with you to mitigate those gaps or find different ways uh, to maybe mitigate those gaps so that they're not finding from the actual audit. If you hold on to those and you hope that, hey, I just hope they don't find these, uh, if they find them, it's going to be a lot more difficult to to talk with them and, and try to not have that show up as a finding. So transparency is key. Um, again, and I think it goes back to finding the right auditor. If you just go for the cheapest option, they're probably not going to have time to work with you. They're going to say, give me this, do this, and that'll be that. They won't even try to talk with you because they won't have the budget or time um, to do that. And certainly that's a, a way to get things off on the wrong foot with everybody at the start feeling short of time, short of money, and because of that, uh, no doubt short of patience. Well, Troy, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaup from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective. <laughs>